Hello, boys. <laughs> How's it going? Hello, boy. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, so, hey, Michael and Yepa, thank you guys for making the time. I, I really, really appreciate it. Uh, someone from your team reached out uh, and said we should do this. I thought it was a great idea and uh, happy we made it happen. Would you mind uh, introducing uh, the two of you? Uh, why don't you go first, uh, Michael? Because you're, you know, in a cold room. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Thank you. And uh, you're the oldest. We're also happy, or I'm happy that it, uh, that we could uh, talk to you. So that's perfect. Looking forward to it. So my name is Michael, and in this uh, this setting, I'm a co-founder together with Yeppe uh, with with Reform. Um, you know, uh, Danish uh, guy. Uh, I'm an engineer. Uh, by um, by education, uh, construction engineer, worked in that business for for many years. Um, my last job was with uh, Bjarg Engels, where I from there on uh, went on to with Jeppe to do the the startup adventure. Um, yeah, I had I had some different jobs. My most fun job is uh, I was a CEO of a panty liner factory. I oh, still, what? Uh, Panty liner. You know what panty liners is, right? What the fuck is that? Tell me. I'm not yeah, really... exactly. That's what women wear when they're menstruating. So okay, I, got it. Yeah, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was actually the CEO of uh, both a panty liner and a, and a uh, uh, what is it called? It's called in German. It's Binden. So you have the so the like the thicker ones and panty liners are the thinner ones, right? So we had a factory in Germany and a factory in uh, in Denmark. Yeah. I feel like I need to have you, Michael, alone on a podcast. Just everything you did before. Uh, before. I was, I was, they, they called me uh, King of Panty Liners. Perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. before uh, Bjarke. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, and then, uh, yep, yep, uh, yeah. We, we know each other just a little bit. Um, one of uh, my youngest brother's good friends, uh, yep, so we, we met up with some in some parties and got drunk. Um, before we teamed up with uh, doing reform. Yep, you want to go? Uh, yeah, um, thanks for having us, Keith. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm Jeppe. I'm uh, co-founder as well of, uh, of reform and uh, and the CEO. Um, I mean, uh, education-wise, I'm. I studied at Copenhagen Business School. I have a master in economics. Oh damn! So boring. Okay, I'm joking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. I, 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 I totally, I totally agree. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, but it's so fine. I mean, I was also. Uh, I think I was pretty much an outsider actually at CBS. Uh, you know, all my, uh, all my uh, um, friends at, at the studies were all working at banks, etc. And I was driving around in an old caravan with my brother selling uh, cocktails for parties, etc. So uh, I, I don't think I was the typical uh, Copenhagen Business School uh, student, but uh, nevertheless, I finished and uh, yeah, and then uh, I've been working with, uh, you know, business development and, and marketing for, for some years. And then uh, I also, uh, in some kind of weird way, I ended up being a partner in a small um, like design workshop studio uh, where we mainly did like uh, interior for retail stores or uh, restaurants, bars, etc. Um, and that was actually where I, I mean, I've always been in interested in design uh, from I was really young, um, but uh, that was kind of like where I got to know uh, 
more of uh, the production side, but 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 also just in general uh, uh, building good design, basically, right? I think that was where I I I, uh, I got my first like real experience with. Uh, and what kind of products did you guys build? I mean, we 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 were mainly we were actually we were doing all 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 kinds of different custom stuff for. I mean, it could be you know a full renovation of a bar or a retail store, and we did you know it could be. Uh, all the exterior but also all the interior from scratch like uh, tables chairs whatever um so uh and we also did some some couple of uh, small furniture pieces and uh, and one offs and uh, and also did uh, and that was where i uh, i think the the idea for reform kind of like also uh, were uh, ignited or or how to say because we had like some of our Clients were also private clients that uh, some of them wanted, you know, a cool kitchen and, you know, it had to be tailor-made and, uh, uh, and then, oh, and, and I mean, then sometimes when we told them about the price, they, of course, were running away scared because, I mean, having two Danish carpenters going around building a kitchen, it, it, it will sure not end up being a, a cheap solution in the end, right? Um, so, so, I mean, the simple idea of... Uh, of having that experience oh. of there were a demand for really uh, nice, beautiful uh, and good quality kitchens, but uh, it should have, uh, you know, uh, an affordable price point were kind of like the first initial uh, ideas of, of reform, I would say. And when, um, when, which year is this? What are we talking about? When did you guys start? Or when did you start thinking about it? And then how did the, mm. how did the stars align? And, you know, how did you guys meet? I sort of you said you already were drunk together, but how did you meet to talk about yeah. the work? <laughs> I th I mean uh, I think we I think we agreed on uh, you know trying building reform in late 2013, right? Michael? Uh, so I think that the initial ideas were probably in like in 2012. And uh, no, when, it must when be 14. Met... Yeah, we we founded the company end of 14, right? Or am I remembering wrong? No, it was end of 14. Was it end of 14? Yeah. Okay. So we, I think we made up late summer 14 and then a month later or two months later, we, we founded the company. But it seems okay, like the I, idea kind of has been marinating in your head for a couple of years. Like, should we, should we, yeah, should we say that? Yeah, no. yeah, pr yeah, probably. I mean, I think, uh, actually, I think that, and that's also, I mean, if, if, if we at some point uh, uh, are, are going to discuss culture or whatever at Reform, I think that's one of the, that was actually, um, that's something that Michael and I care a lot about because when we actually met up, we both quitted our job, uh, uh, and that was probably around. That must maybe have been in the beginning of 2014. So you're yeah. right, Michael. Mm -hmm. um, of course you're right. When uh, I forgot where we founded the company, when we founded the company. But anyways, yeah, I mean, in that period, um, uh, I had we had the experience with these kitchens, or I had, and then uh, I think that was probably where the initial idea uh, came, right? But um i was besides being the partner in the in the in in, in this uh i was uh, i was working as a business developer in a in a company in denmark and uh, it was um it, I, I couldn't really relate to the product it was uh, cr uh, pretty boring and you know i was looking a lot into excel spreadsheets so i actually ended up being uh, uh you know really fed up with my job and um and i think that's probably not uh, entirely the same uh, story that Michael has, but he also quitted his job because he also wanted something else out of his uh, uh, 
um, work life. Yeah, right? why don't we um, talk talk about that? Because Michael, I mean, it sounds like storybook, right? Like Björk Engels, big this uh, awesome, awesome architecture firm, right? Why? No, why no, I totally agree. No, I totally agree. I mean, Björk actually told me when I resigned that uh, any architect will give his right leg to have my job. So he was pretty surprised. <laughs> um, no, you're right. I mean, it was a, it was the best job I, I ever had in some ways, right? I mean, really focused people, really nice company. Bjarg is like really, you know, cool guy, really sharp, perfect to work with. And the team around him, I mean, it was a great experience. Sheila, the CEO, like a really, uh, I mean, I learned so, so much from them, right? But I had this... And, uh, and sorry, before you, sorry to interrupt you, but what, mm, just to have it, what were you doing specifically there? I was a director, project director. So I had the, basically all their project, projects. I went over with the, the, the different project managers to, to control the, the financial and the, the time schedules of, of all different projects, right? So I was a director of project controlling, which was, uh, yeah, I was the first engineer within uh, 200 architects, um, uh, yeah, referring directly to Sheila. I mean, it was, it was a perfect job, but, but I had the idea from before that uh, I wanted to start from myself. I, I wanted to build something myself. And they actually offered me a partnership, so I just knew that uh, if I accepted that, I would stay there forever. Uh, I'm also I'm 50 years old, right? Almost, so I also knew that. You don't that, look a uh, day over. You don't yeah, look a day exactly. over 50. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but you. Um, no, but like that was that. You're definitely like you know. I think that was when we were sitting at OBV. Like that was a funny thing. Uh, of, you know, context. I I was uh, renting a desk. Uh, uh, a couple of years back from uh, from Michael and Yepa when they, they had this awesome, awesome office. Uh, do you guys still have it? Is it still there? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm sitting so here right awesome. now. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll, I'll, it's a, we'll have to record. We should record it there next time. We should, yeah. Uh, in, in summer yeah, be, when COVID is the, less. But the, the, mm. the internet connection is still as bad as... Uh, oh, okay. As that's why when, when you were there. <laughs> uh, no, but we can, we met there and I think it was, it was also kind of already kind of, you could see it that there was, you know, something interesting happening because you guys cared a lot about, we will get into reform in a second, but you guys cared a lot about some interesting parts of the, of the digital and online offline experience, which is really also interesting, uh, an, an interesting part of the company and the brand. But so you were saying great, great spot at Bjarke, uh, at, yeah. at big and everything was going well. Uh, you wanted to start something on your own. Oh, but the, yeah, I had that feeling before, right? Uh, I mean, even so, Bjarke called me up uh, a couple of times actually to, to, to get me to work for Big, and I finally accepted because, of course, it's a perfect company, right? Uh, I really wanted to be a part of their uh, journey. Um, so I went, and I was actually, so I was part time in New York, so it was also like a really nice job, right? But I could also just feel that, um, I mean, if you want to go for yourself, it takes, you know, a big decision and and so i just knew i had to do it uh, otherwise i would never do it um so that's basically why i took the, of course i uh, you know uh, had a conversation with my wife you know what is life all about uh, um, and so forth right and then then i, I basically uh, quit my job without actually knowing what to do um, so you quit it before you actually started like yeah before you were ready to work on reform okay yeah we, we didn't talk about reform yet uh, i i think actually maybe you could uh, correct me but i think actually because i updated my linkedin because i bought yeah when i quitted the uh, i got the opportunity to buy um the, the license of a lithuanian kitchen company so so 
I would I would actually just want to produce and buy and sell ordinary white kitchens to, because I knew that market. So and that I updated my LinkedIn profile. I think that's where I caught uh, Yebba's attention. Correct me if I'm wrong, Yebba, but that's how I remember it. And then Yebba basically just called me, uh, and I was like, okay, let's meet up. Uh, so I think soon after, a couple of days after, we, we met up in Kudby. Uh, meatpacking where, where I'm sitting where I'm sitting right now so the ah, okay. studio well, is that <laughs> so that's basically yeah we met up uh, it was uh, late summer so we sat outside had a couple of beers and uh, Yeb basically you know presented me the idea of doing these kitchens he already sold I'm not sure if it was one or two but at least uh, already had a customer and, uh, and, uh, and a primitive homepage and he needed someone to produce the kitchens and basically I said, uh, sounds good, but I want to be a partner. I just I don't want to deliver. And Yeba said, as I remember, Yeba, you must correct me. Yeba said, cool, he wanted a partner. And we basically agreed in a couple of days. And of course, then it took a couple of months with the lawyers and founding the companies. But as I remembered, we agreed within a couple of hours and a couple of beers. And then since then, it's basically full throttle. Any corrections, Yeba? <laughs> no. That's also how I remember it. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, and I think it's it's always interesting with founding stories, right? I think sometimes it just fits and it works, and you know, uh, the, the 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 partners or the people who are going to do it. And sometimes it takes forever. So it's it's mm. great that it was. I mean, running a company is hard enough as it is, you know, and you're doing it with other people and trust and all that other bullshit that comes into it. So it's great that you know the start was good. Now. What is reform? Let's talk about exactly what the company is today and how much has the idea changed since the beginning? Can you, can someone take that? You choose. Why don't you I, go? I yeah, think the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the, um, the core principle and, and DNA of reform is, is, is still the same, but we've still been through a, a transformation. And I mean, what is then the, uh, the core of, of reform? I mean, Basically, we just want to offer uh, really well-designed, beautiful, aesthetic uh, kitchens for as many as possible. And I mean, uh, that idea haven't shifted. Um, and I mean, that was also the initial talks that Michael and I had were that we were looking at, you know, the kitchen industry landscape and we were just really uh, basically bored of what we saw. I mean, it was... Uh, if you wanted an aesthetic, beautiful, well-quality kitchen, it was always uh, way, way, way uh, often price and exclusivity, and you know it was just you know way out of our league, and it was also it and, and it also just seemed stupid a lot of it because it was just like uh, a kitchen doesn't have to cost you know two hundred thousand euro uh, for a small kitchen in an apartment, right? Um, but of course, they uh, a lot of these brands have you know strong brands and and a strong uh, design DNA, right? And then there were a big chunk of uh, kitchen brands that were pretty much similar. I mean, they all sell the same aesthetic uh, and end up competing on price and service, and everything just becomes a bit. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, really boring, basically, and. Uh, uh, and it wasn't something that we could relate to and that was where the, the discussion started with what about uh, building you know a kitchen brand that we could see ourselves buy a kitchen from which we could actually afford um, and then uh, i mean 
And then, yeah, what do you do then when you know nothing about kitchens, right? I mean, of course, Michael said that he bought a, a license for a, for a Lithuanian kitchen manufacturer, but uh, basically he, he knew nothing about kitchens. And, and that was also the same for me, right? So what we knew was that, okay, if we have to invent, you know, a whole kitchen system ourselves, set up the whole supply chain, all that to begin with, we will die before we even, you know, launch the website, right? So what we decided on at that point was that, okay, let's test in the market if we can, uh, if we can actually build uh, uh, this aesthetic strong uh, kitchen brand by, um, and see if, I mean, get the feedback from the, uh, from, from the clients, right? Or if, see if we can even get some clients, right? So what we started off with was piggybacking on IKEA, meaning that we, uh, we built uh, all uh, our designs on, uh, on IKEA's um, kitchen system, which allows, allowed us to uh, basically just uh, go to the market really fast and also tap into all IKEA's supply chain. So basically reaching clients all over the world from day one, right? Uh, because I mean, IKEA is in the most of the world. Um, yeah, so in essence, it's that if, if you, so what does what the customer like journey look like? Is it you go to IKEA or you come to Reform? How does it work? Yeah, and I mean, yeah, how does it work and how is the, the, the customer journey? I mean, it, I, I would say it's changed quite a lot, but... Uh, okay, so that was, it's not the case anymore. Yeah, I mean, we still, we, we, we offer both, uh, both things, but we also transformed into being what we call okay. a one-stop kitchen brand. So you can basically buy everything from Reform. Right? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So you can buy the cabinets, the drawers, you can even buy mounting in some cities. You can, I mean, so we basically own the whole uh, customer journey and whole value chain of, of a kitchen, which were not the case when we started. Uh, when we started, the customer journey were more like, you came to reform, you fell in love with one of our designs, and then we told you, uh, uh, you have to go to Ikea, right? <laughs> Which was, I mean, actually a pretty, uh, uh, pretty strange, um, you know, business, business setup, right? I mean, uh, sending your clients to, a, to another, yeah. another brand. And I mean, then you also lose control of the whole customer experience, all that. And that was also where we quite, uh, quite early, as I said, uh, we knew that we didn't want it to be built on IKEA forever uh, because that was not the main idea. The main idea was not to build an IKEA hacking company. And, you know, the main idea was to build beautiful aesthetic kitchens and do it in an affordable way, right? Um, and then a couple of, I mean, a year ago or maybe a bit more, we, we then had the muscles and uh, organization to actually uh do that transformation full out so having our own kitchen system um uh, and uh, tapping more into the customer journey so taking more ownership of uh, mounting and and all these kind of uh, services that are put on top of uh buying a kitchen basically um and th yeah there's there's something really sort of non design company like about how you guys have done it right because i think most at least in my opinion, um, I'm, I'm, you know, I live in Copenhagen now for a couple of years and, you know, there's a lot of beautiful design here, right? There's a lot of great, especially indoors, right? Interior and also some beautiful architecture, of course. And there's a lot of companies that are worth a lot of money that are, you know, owned by private equity firms and, and you know, we all know them. And, and it's very different to this. This is very much like a tech startup idea almost. It's like, 
Okay, we're just gonna piggyback on a great system uh, that that does well and just improve it until the time you can sort of build your own better version. So it's actually quite a, I would say, quite innovative for the industry, right? I mean, I don't see anyone else, not that many people doing something similar in the in the sense. So to talk about what the product is today, or or the sort of improvement you guys have made, or let's say realization of your vision, which you've now had over the last year, what is what is it? today could you talk about it a bit technically michael if you wouldn't mind mm. what does that actually entail uh and then we'll come on the brand side to you yep and talk about exactly the kind of products that you guys are sort of selling well basically as you said today we 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 are almost through the 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 total transformation of being a one-stop kitchen store so you can go to any reform shop all over the world where we have showrooms and uh, get good um uh, design consultation how to, to make a kitchen we will do all the drawings and the renderings we will give you uh, good guidance uh, how, how to how to plan your kitchen and then we will deliver it we will mount it and we will also deliver with uh, appliances and worktop and whatever you need right so basically it's uh, in that sense uh, a kitchen store as any other uh, good kitchen stores of course we have uh, uh, way way nicer designs we, we are totally uh, differentiated in, in that sense uh, price wise I, I would say that we are mid-priced so uh, i mean you can get it cheaper if you go to some um, some place where they do really uh, cheap uh, crappy kitchens but if you go to a normal mid-priced uh, kitchen store we will be in that price range but just much much cooler and a much better product uh, what, what, what a thing that we also differentiate in cabinets is that we do uh, it's our own design cabinets. So usually all the other kitchen brands use the same cabinets that they buy from big factories. We have ours made specifically for us, so it's better quality, it's better colors, uh, at least if you ask us. And it's also a click system, so you can basically collect it without uh, using uh, any tools. We also, I mean, we deliver all over the world. So we have uh, our, our hub, our warehouse hub in Lithuania, where we get from all our, our suppliers are in Europe. So Austria, uh, Lithuania, Denmark, Germany, uh, Slovakia, yeah, different countries in Europe. We, we, so one order will be uh, in, in our collected in our hub in Lithuania and then uh, shipped directly to the end client, no matter if you're from South Korea, Spain or US, um, we deliver to 20 plus countries at least every year, mainly uh, I would say North Europe and uh, uh, North America, uh, but, but basically anywhere and, around the world. And you have a lot of, you said you have, uh, when, when we were sitting together, I think you had, you had just been in New York recently or you were about to open New York, but now you're in a, a bunch of places. Where are the showrooms at? Where can people yeah. go and experience the brand? So, so the difference that we also, so there's a, a big difference between how we get clients compared to how other kitchen brands get clients. I mean, we don't need showrooms in any every small city because we are basically online, right? You will find us online, you will follow us online, follow one of our designers, fall in love with us online and approach us online. So we have uh, very few showrooms compared to others, but then they are very spread out, right? So we have now four in Germany, two to open this year, one to open very soon. Uh, we have uh, two in US, and we will open at least two more this year, maybe three. 
and we have uh, two in Denmark, two more opening within a month. Um, so, and from next year we will open uh, in, in, a, in a steady pace, uh, maybe five, eight, or uh, whatever a year where we feel uh, comfortable. I mean, the thing is that we actually know where our clients are at because we can see traffic, uh, where it comes from, where people order samples. So for us, it's pretty easy to, to, to decide where to open a showroom. It's basically where we have uh, tr the most traffic. And what we can see is that when we open a showroom, so within the distance of, I don't know, 100 kilometers or 100 miles, we can see that conversion rates just rise, right? So basically, yeah. that's, that's what, what a showroom does for us, besides uh, strengthen the, the brand, is that we raise conversions uh, in, in a certain radius. Yeah. And I think you mentioned a couple of times brand is clearly key, right? Uh, and how you, how you set yourself apart. Uh, yeah, but can you talk a bit about sort of the brand vision and, and sort of, you know, that entire experience? Because from the beginning, uh, from my perspective, right, it definitely looks different to any other kitchen brand. I don't know. I don't, I don't know any other kitchen brand, to be honest. <laughs> like, and yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm not the right audience, but hey, I'm building a house soon, hopefully, and we're going to be looking. But to me, it's just like everything else looks like either a little older or super expensive and almost kind of you know like doesn't really make sense for a tool that you're going to be using every day uh how did you guys think about the brand what is what are the core values of your brand and and then i really want to talk about uh the whole collaboration design aspect of it because there's something very special there as well yeah i mean um i would say that i mean what were the most important thing for us from the beginning was to build a strong brand, right? Uh, and why? I mean, if you, um, I think if, you, if 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 you want to build a company that sells consumer goods, I mean, you you need to focus on being a strong brand, enable uh, to differentiate you in a market, right? Uh, and also, I mean, because we all know if you just sell uh, products that are basically just commodities, I mean, you will end up. Uh, <laughs> earning no money and uh, be outcompeted of somebody who can do it uh, much cheaper, right? So uh, we knew from the beginning that we had to build a strong brand. And then of course, what is then the brand? I mean, what is the purpose of reform? Um, uh, the purpose is, is definitely to bring aesthetic uh, in the kitchens and have a focus on that, not on, um, uh, not because the function is not, I mean, it's not form over function in, in, in any ways, because I mean, a kitchen needs to have a function, right? Um, uh, so, I mean, aesthetic is definitely uh, a core DNA, but I think actually what the most important thing is uh, for us is that, um, uh, that it should be accessible for as many people uh, as possible, basically. And also, I mean, uh, we want to be an everyday kitchen for the everyday man, basically, right? Or woman. Uh, um, and, and I think that's, that's, uh, that's the, that's the core value, right? Um, and, 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 uh, and not, and, and doing that by not, uh, remembering not to compromise on the quality and aesthetic, et cetera. And also, and, and price for that matter, right? Uh, that's, uh, I would say that that is probably what we, are trying to uh, nurture in the brand uh, every day, uh, basically, uh, I would say. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, thanks for that. I think I want to talk a bit about um, the different kinds of collaborations or the different kinds of designs you come up with. 
talk to me about the, what the process was like early on bec- and what is it today can you talk a bit about some of the highlights in that sense yeah i think all, i mean uh, if we go back in time i think that was actually that was probably one of the biggest milestones and changes in reform uh, uh in, in reform's journey was that when we uh when we had this idea of building this strong design-focused brand, uh, one of the first things we did was to say, okay, let's, uh, I mean, we are, I mean, besides that we both live in, in Berlin now, or Michael lives, uh, yeah, basically we both live in Berlin, right? Michael is more in Denmark than I am, but anyways, we, 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 we found the company in Copenhagen and we are from Copenhagen and we have, you know, Danish roots, so when we were, uh, talking about this brand and building this design kitchen company, uh, we we started of course talking about that. Okay, I mean the what the thing that would make more most sense for us now is to go out and find like the the best designers and architects here in in Denmark where we uh, where we were, uh, and then we sat down and discussed. I mean, okay, who is that? And then we made basically made a list, and uh, and on that list. Uh, uh, we had Bjarke uh, Engels um, on, on like the architectural side, right? And uh, Michael, of course, knew him uh, since he's been working with him. Uh, and then we had Norm Architects, with that, which at that point, I mean, I've, I have worked with them before. Uh, and uh, at that point, they were probably not so well known as they are today, but they still were, they had like, they had something really nice aesthetic and they were, I would say much more focused on uh, on on interior than uh, than on exterior, right? Um, so we f- we thought that these two would be a super good match, um, and then we were like, uh, um, I th- actually think it was uh, through a coincidence that uh, some architect that Henning Larsen kind of like knew that we were talking with Norm and and Bjarke, and then they were kind of like, oh, that could be cool if we could be a part of that, and then we were actually. Uh, we actually thought that it could be quite cool to have them on board because they were like representing something different than the other was. I mean, Henning Larsen is a bit more, um, they were probably mad for me saying that, but they're probably a bit more traditional. Uh, uh, I mean, they have a long uh, or old heritage in in, the, in Denmark, at least for uh, on the architectural side, right? So we thought that they were kind of like, they were fitting quite well in that uh and there were quite good synergy between them. And then we basically, uh, I mean, uh, launched all these three guys or three um, partners yeah. uh, part- partners together. Uh, and that was also, I would say, that was where every- everything really started to kind of like uh, form uh, the-, the future for, for reform uh, and, uh, and, the- and the concept about uh, building a platform basically for uh, some of the world's best designers and, and architects uh, to do uh, collaboration on building the most beautiful uh, um, and Michael would say cool kitchens. Uh, um, so, I mean, that, 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 and, and that was where it all began, right? And that's what we're still doing. And it's, uh, and it's also, I mean, it's something that we really have to, uh, um, that is super important for us because I think one of the things that is also super important for our brand and 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 also culture and everything that we do with Reform is that we are we are all we are constantly trying to kind of like push the boundaries and looking forward and basically just be in motion, right? And I think that's uh, that's 
probably just because Michael and I uh, feel the best when we are in motion and that kind of like have trickled down in the whole organization. So now everybody just wants <laughs> to be in motion. So we're just running around all the time. Uh, but no, um, so that's an important thing. And we, uh, and we just have to admit that if we constantly want to like push the boundaries of what a kitchen design is and bring you know innovation to the kitchen industry we have to work with the industry's uh, best people right? uh, or else we will just sit you know in our own small bubble and uh, you know it, it will end up being the uh, head of production who is deciding which kind of uh, designs and kitchens we are launching and we all know that when the production manager uh, has something to say it always ends up with uh, uh, the products with the less risk uh, and uh, that's probably something you've seen before, right? So, um, so that's super important. These partnerships. Uh, and really, how uh, how, yeah. how often do you do them? Is it kind of like on a seasonal basis, or is it like a certain time period? You can you still get the the Bjork Angles designed one, or how how does it go? Kind of, you know, how do you? Because it almost sounds a little bit like a fashion brand in some ways, right? There's seasons. It feels like. But run me through how you do that process. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I should answer my, so, uh, I mean, and Michael can uh, add to it after because I know he's itching Michael to talk. Can add, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, to some extent, we cannot say that we are not uh, seasonal. I mean, interior and design world is also seasonal as the fashion industry is. Uh, uh, but I mean, we of course aim for not being. I mean, I think one of the core things every time we do a partnership. Uh, we kind of like want to do these uh, endless classic uh, classics uh, pieces, right? Uh, I think, I mean, it's the same for the furniture industry, I guess, right? Or design industry in, in, in general. But I mean, it's just super hard to do, to, to really nail that uh, piece that will last for the last, you know, for the next hundred years, right? Um, and, but um, uh, to answer your question, Keith, I mean, yeah, I mean, some kitchens we don't have anymore. I mean, the Henning Larsen, we don't have that anymore, for example. We also work with other uh, where we had them for a period and maybe the, 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 the commercial uh, aspect of the of the design wasn't there. Uh, and then to reduce some complexity, we, we kind of like take it out and then we make room for, for new designs. Um, but it's, I mean, uh, I think it's important for me also to say that, I mean, of course it needs to has, have some kind of commercial value, but it's also, I'm also okay with uh, launching a design that uh, maybe doesn't have any commercial value. I think it's, I kind of like think it's our uh, uh, duty or whatever, how to say. I mean, uh, I think we have a responsibility, especially for uh, the positioning we're taking in the market to uh, also do products that not necessarily are super commercial but they kind of like uh, inspire and they push the, again the boundaries for what is uh, I mean how should a kitchen look like right um, so um, yeah um, I think I, I definitely agree with that I think I've seen that sort of from from the, the uh, external perspective right I, I know there's probably a lot that goes into every kitchen uh, and, and every design but it, it feels like very fresh and new and innovative but at the same time i can see it in you know um you know my my very stylish grandfather's house for example right like it's it's also kind of you can see it in both places michael did you want to add something on the on the collaboration side of things uh, yeah just to just to totally agree with you but i mean we have a 
couple of designs that we knew from the start that this will not make us rich in any way. This will hopefully make uh, reform the brand rich and the whole industry. Uh, it will be an improvement and like a push forward to the industry, but uh, commercially not a success, right? So, so that's not why we do it. That's not why we do these designs. We really want to push the boundaries. We want to learn something. We want to, you know, uh, move the whole uh, kitchen industry, right? Yeah, and if you guys um, wouldn't mind sort of um, answering this next question, and I'll, I'll, I'll give a bit of intro to it. I feel like the design industry uh, and many industries, right? But but the, the design industry in the, in Denmark, Scandinavia, is world famous. People know it, but but it's very opaque. It's very <laughs> you don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. And most people, it's kind of you know the ivory tower situation, right? It's like very, very nice buildings, very, very nice things. Why is it fucking expensive? Because it is expensive. Okay, you know, mm-hmm. but it's made in China, but it's still expensive. Okay, I get it. Uh, you know, and I think, and and to each their own, right? But to me, I think one of the questions which I would love to ask you guys is that if you wouldn't mind telling me in some de- in, in, as much detail as you want, how does that process work from, let's say you talk to Bjarke or, or someone from Henning Glassen or someone from all the other collaborations you've done and partnerships, how does it go from there to to sort of being on the website and being in people's homes? Is there how long is that process, and and what are the details that go into that? If would you mind just touching a bit on that? Then I can take the early ones, yeah, because it actually changed, right? So when we started off with the, the three ones that Yeppe mentioned, I mean we, we were all uh, fresh. We didn't have any showroom, so it was it was kind of easy. We also, as Yeppe mentioned, we were new in the business, right? So we didn't. We didn't have had like general idea where we want to go, which kind of product product we wanted. So basically, yeah, you call up Jake. He loved the idea. Uh, he said, "Okay, let's meet up." We meet up and we agree on the financial stuff. Um, uh, it's it's like in in the like the standard in the industry is royalty based, right? So they get a cut of the sales. That's the same we do basically. Um, and then you start working on it. Of course, in the, in the like the as I said in the, in the beginning, we were more agile and it was easy for us to to launch and you do some prototyping you agree on the concept and then you you launch it takes more more time than you think i mean back then we thought it took long it was, i think it was half a year from we started when we launched today it's it's totally different maybe if you can take over what we do with the new guys uh, early uh, what latest guys yeah i mean as as michael says i mean it's um I think the process have, have changed a bit. I mean, I'm not sure that the design process actually have changed, but I mean, it's just, we're just a, a much bigger company now. There's, uh, I mean, there's a lot of stakeholders. There's a lot of things that need to be thought uh, uh, about when, uh, bef- before launching a, a product, right? So, I mean, as Maya said, yeah, maybe it, it actually only took like six months or something to launch three new designs, which is, actually quite crazy i think uh today it's probably taking uh two to three years actually before we have a commercialized product that we can sell and that is rolled out right uh, but is that also because you're not based on ikea anymore only you also do everything else right no i wouldn't actually say that okay. that actually uh that is actually not why okay. i think it's more uh i mean Back in the days when we were young, I mean, there were probably not so much testing. Exactly. And, uh, you yeah. know, uh, I mean, because it's also, I mean, if you sell, uh, what did we sell that at that point? I mean, if we were lucky, 10 kitchens a month, right? Uh, probably not even that. 
I mean, the, uh, if something goes wrong, I mean, uh, I mean, it's something you can fix, right? You won't, you won't die, right? Uh, if we launch a product today, uh, I mean, it's a totally different story when you sell 500 uh, kitchens a month. And if you launch a new product that becomes a commercial success, if, if it's not tested correctly, if you have mistakes, if, uh, if it's not implemented correctly in the organization, if all the salespeople haven't been trained, if, if it's not in the IT system, if it's not in the production SQU list, if it's not in, you know, there are so many things. I mean, back in the days, we just had an Excel spreadsheet, right? And then we just typed in the, the, the sign and a price, and then we were all good to go, right? Um, so now it's just a totally different monster, right? Um, so that thing have changed a lot. I would say that the actual design process ha process have uh, actually not changed that much. Uh, I mean, it, 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 it starts, I mean, it, it depends, but it, it often starts with a brief, which is make the most beautiful kitchen in the world, right? Uh, and then of course it's different who you're working with because it's also, that brief is also pretty annoying to a lot of designers and architects actually, because it's kind of like, okay, so you're actually telling me that I can do everything, anything I want to do. Uh, and uh, sometimes you need to, you know, be a bit more uh, specific and have some kind of challenge that the designer and architect needs to solve, right? So I, w I would say it depends on who we're working with today, but then there's some kind of brief and then uh, then they have some initial thoughts or ske uh, sketches or uh, uh, models or whatever. It depends on who they are. Some like to do physical models, some just do a handwritten sketch or you know somebody do a render or whatever. And then we discuss from that and then we you know come with input and then we see, okay, maybe we should go this way instead or uh, maybe we can, you know, fine tune this or whatever. And then, you know, then it's back and forth a couple of times. And then uh, um, we lost you for Did second. I just die there? Yeah, yeah. And you're back now. Uh, I think uh, I want to follow up on that for a second because I think, you know, clearly it sounds like there's a. Are you there? You have a. Fuck. You're still there? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> I can take over. Yeah, you take over. It's, it's <laughs> uh, I think, I think uh, until he's back, I think what's interesting is like, you know, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts to every every single collection if we call it, if you call it that right? yeah, um, yeah how many do you currently have that are running uh and so like how many how many are currently in the in sort of in the ready to buy so to speak? yeah so, so we have around 10 i think maybe it's 11 and you probably knows better than me but that's 10 or 11 designs that are running of course we have maybe four or five that drives 80 percent of the sales uh, and then a handful that is uh, just really cool and we love them and uh, not so many people can, can see it in their homes. And then we have in the pipeline, which is probably the next, next question, we, we always have, uh, I would also say a handful, if you count every, every design, we have one or two designs that are finished, that's basically planning with PR and marketing and production, when to launch and opening of showrooms and COVID and whatever happens. So we have a couple that is ready, we have a couple that is uh, you know, on the process, and we have a couple where we're starting up, and that—that's basically how it's been running, and probably will in in the future, and maybe launching one or two per year, um, because we we, as Jeppe says, we we like this, you know, being in being in, in constant development, uh, pushing the boundaries. Now all the sustainable um, 
you know that we really we always wanted to be sustainable from the day we launched the company uh, now we have the resources and the time to actually uh, be more focused on that part uh, so that's also a big part of the the company now to 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 develop uh, you know the, the area of sustainable materials they need as Jeppe says they they mostly need more testing because there's always some guy that found some uh, some scrap that he could push hard and then he gets a plate and it's uh, he thinks we can use it and then we of course we have to test it and yeah and approve yeah. it and stuff so so the process is more uh, can be more complicated right but also of course more fun and and yeah. sustainability sustainability is is high ranked in our you know in our priority yeah awesome uh, welcome back Eva. <laughs> Uh, Thanks. Sorry, sorry for that. It's it's perfect that I'm complaining about Michael's bad uh, internet connection, and then I'm just uh, dying totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Sorry for that. No worries, no worries. Uh, I won't hold it against Berlin or wherever you are. <laughs> um, I think clearly since the last time we met in person, a lot has changed in the company, right? And I think it's also really nice that um, I get to sort of see it now with a bit of a timestamp in my head, sort of a very sort of personal kind of. You know, I remember there was a lot of um, like, you know, a lot of stuff in the office, like kitchen stuff that was being packed and sent. And I mean, even though I was not part of the part of the company, I, I was in the same space. So we could sort of see that it was clearly, you know, active. And I remember I remember one of the times I think you had uh, someone from your uh, your showroom, your team or someone in New York, one of your agents or something in the, in the office. And and, I, and it was really exciting, even though it was not my company to sort of be in the energy of this space right and i think that's really cool so what i would love to touch on now is you know clearly the company's been through an arc right you you started started small and now you you guys are at a very different place you know what stands out as some of the sort of you know positive highlights of the last few years and what stands out as some of the sort of holy shit you know we're gonna fucking burn this building situation of, over the last you know whatever eight how many of years now it's been going um if you if Big you wouldn't years. mind going first yeah but before we lose you again and then michael yeah <laughs> joins the stable <laughs> wi-fi well i'm joking go yep after you uh highlights um yeah i mean i, I think for me it's been um i, I mean it's, it's it's gonna sound super oh. cliche uh kind of uh but uh, but, but I think the highlights for me have been all the, I mean, to get the opportunity to work with the people we work with over the years. Uh, I mean, and it's, I mean, and I would say primarily in uh, not because we don't like to work with designers and architects and partners, but I actually mean the the people that are uh, have been a part of Reform, right? I think uh, I mean it for me it gives me something special, and that's what I really enjoy when you're kind of like. That you are, that you feel a part of something, and you have the same objective, and I mean, you're working together to solve something, and you're, and, and it seems like that you have the same um, vision, or uh, I mean, you're doing it for the same reasons in some kind of way. I think that's for me. But if I can uh, interrupt for yeah. a second, yeah, but that also takes work, right? That didn't just happen. Like you didn't just randomly have the best people showing up that fit your fit your culture. So just like, I think, was there something where, you know, maybe it wasn't one thing, but, you know, clearly you've, you've brought up culture a couple of times already. Uh, and that's a big part. 
and my my follow-up question to this would have been about how culture works but let's talk about it now um how have you guys built the culture and how have you how have you got that team together and then we'll come back to some more highlights if you don't mind i think uh um i mean you actually touched upon it before i think uh why it's been so easy and i think the highlight uh I know Michael will blush now, but I think the highlight for me have then been to uh, to meet Michael, right? And then figuring out that uh, the things that happens when we are together and the energy and all that were what created reform and also what created the, the culture. And I actually think it's not something uh, and, and that's super difficult to find. Uh, and I mean, we all, I mean, Michael also did uh, other uh, companies or businesses before. I also did it, uh, as I said, I was a partner and then I also did uh, try doing other startups, etc. And it is, um, uh, it, it's super hard work if it's not, if, if you don't have that uh, connection and energy with a co-founder. Uh, and it's something that you, I mean, I mean, most often if it's not there, it will never come. But of course, hard work can take you there, right? But uh, for us, it was just there from the beginning. Uh, and it was not something that we had to discuss or had to figure out or have to do. It was just there, right? Uh, so that would basically be the highlight. And that has also been the foundation for building a company that uh, people found interesting of working in. Uh, also from the early start where we had nothing and we were just, you know, two magicians trying to tell everybody that we were revolutionized the kitchen industry, etc. But I think that people could just uh, sense that uh, energy uh, and what we wanted to build. Uh, and then we were so fortunate that people actually wanted to join that, right? Uh, so that's probably been the highlight. Um, uh, yeah. And I'm like, good question. Michael, yeah, you're gonna, good answer. You're yeah. going to look bad because you can't say the same thing and your, <laughs> yeah, exactly. your, your colleagues are going to hate you. So what is your highlight since it's not the people you work with? Uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I just want to say shortly that you know, we know many startup teams. I have uh, you know brothers that are doing startups and, and it's um, we have many friends, of course, in the startup environment. And it is difficult to as founders to just be agreeing on almost everything. Um, and just, you know, being able to work together 24-7. We even lived together in Berlin. Uh, we didn't know each other from before, uh, except we knew of each other. So it was just, uh, I don't know if it's luck or whatever it is. It, it, it has been a, you know, really good experience. But to find, to, I mean, what I'm actually thinking about, because we get that question uh, sometimes, right? And what is really strange with reform is that we have never have like a down period. I mean, I've never been in doubt. Uh, I've never, you know, um, we've always had we've always had the response from uh, competitors and from uh, customers and from the business that reform is is going to be big, right? If we just continue whatever we're doing, um, and that has been, uh, I mean, it's just to me amazing that you know I've never been in doubt that this would. I mean. It's, it's amazing. I mean, we've had, of course, we've had a couple of times where we run out of money almost, but there was always <laughs> a solution. We've also had some, uh, of course, some bad experience, but there was always this uh, like total belief and that, that this will work out, right? There is no way this couldn't work out. Um, that's that's for me like the biggest. Um... Yeah, but I also think, sorry, Keith, but, but also I think it's, uh, I mean, I think that's actually quite sane for, because I mean, when people ask us the question, oh, what are the highlights? What are the down uh, things, right? I think it's 
it's probably also why it's difficult to say what are the highlights uh, and also to say what are the uh, downsides, right? Because it's we don't see it in this way. I mean, it's not like that we are, oh, then we, you know, um, celebrating and then, oh, we made it because we're, I mean, that's that's not on our mind and it's not on our mind if something goes wrong. It's just a part of being and a part of being uh, in reform, right? Uh, I think yeah. that's that's like a super important point and, 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 I w- and I'm happy you say it because that's kind of what I was trying to tease out with that question, right? Is that like real... And now I, you know, I, I work in the startup world and the tech world and like, and, and there's a lot of fucking startups, right? There's like every, every day there's like 20 people trying to copy Instagram still, right? Which is annoying. But um, I think, and to me, what's interesting is that, you know, with your background, kind of what Michael's done and what you did here before, right? It, it was an evolution that you did something mm. unique together for the industry, right? Because of your interests, and you came together and you got lucky with that, of course. Uh, but there's no guarantees, right? There's no guarantees in this business. Nothing is going to come out. But the fact that you treat it like this is the life you're choosing to live and your work and your life are integrated in a very nice way. It's like, are you going to fail at life? Are you going to succeed at life? It's fucking mm-hmm. life. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you're exactly. going to do it. You're either you're going to have a, yeah. some good days, some bad days. And as long as you want to keep going forward, you're going to do something interesting. And... I can imagine, I mean, I cannot imagine the fucking complexity of, of coming up with a kitchen design system and all the fucking shell. I, I mean, I, I can barely figure out how to fix you know, <laughs> something with my hands. Uh, and I, I, even though I love design and furniture and I think the artisanal side, I can relate to a lot more because it's with your own hands, you build a one-off, but it's a totally different ball game when you're trying to do that and scale it, right? I think um, I want to talk about something which... Again, you don't have to answer. Nothing needs to be answered on the show. You can tell me to fuck off. But uh, it's about, um, have you guys raised any external money? Have you gotten any financing? Because this kind of growth in the tech world, you need financing to do this externally, right? Like, Or have you guys, has most of it kind of just been good business? Well, first of all, Geet, we cannot keep a secret. There is no way we, we, we're not, I mean, that's the worst thing we do, right? Yeah, we can never keep a secret. So we just tell it as it is. Good. Um, yeah, I mean, we're fortunate, of course, that our, the business model is that when people order a kitchen, they they pay up front. Uh, if not the whole amount, then most of the amount, right? And then we, we place the order, we buy the kitchen, we deliver it. So we have some kind of payment terms against our suppliers. So that way we, we, we kind of build up cash uh, if we sell enough kitchens, right? So that, that's taking us a, a long way. Then we, we got an angel investor or like an early early investor in. He bought 15%. Uh, I think it was maybe one and a half year in, uh, a couple of years in. Um, we got a million dollars um, combined equity and loan. Um, that took us from there to end of last year, where we, so last year we had a turnover around the 100 million Danish. Um, and we knew from yeah, it must be a little bit more than a year ago from now, yeah, but that we knew that we wanted to, I mean, we've been approached, uh, of course, by, by people that want to invest. And we, so we, we also needed to, to be mature on that. I mean, you know, to invite in venture guys, they're totally different guys, right? Then you have to, um, I mean, they have a totally different opinion. You have to have a board. I mean, we never had a board until recently. So, Most so of them is, are fucking idiots with with, with a back, uh, but, but you got to work with them. So I get yeah, it. Yeah, 
so 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 yeah so so i think me and Jeppe matured on that side that we wanted i mean also because we want to this we want to move we want to move fast we want to really do it worldwide and it just takes cash right as, as you know so we had uh, it's more than a year ago now that we decided okay we want to do it that we had a, a consultant to help us a financial advisor and we ended up agreeing with a venture fund um we had, you know, it's a long process. We ended up with a handful of, of good guys that that uh, that you know wanted to to put in some money, and we it was kind of the vicinity of the valuation and ticket size that we wanted. So we basically ended up uh, using uh, soft uh, uh, values, and we chose the guy the, the guys that we like um, that we could agree on, we could see ourselves work with in a board meeting, and that we also you know respected their their. Um, you know the knowledge of, of what they came with. Uh, so we raised uh, a little bit less than ten million euros. Uh, I think we signed December, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Or was it November? Yeah, end of last year. Um, which is also a combination of equity and, and loan, much more equity than loan. Um, so yeah, so now we actually uh, yep uh, yep got his budget approved by the uh, the board, which is a, a giant uh, loss. We never had we never had to do that before. Um, and we're already over. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's totally. I mean, we usually have to make our own money, right? So we did uh, around uh, around zero every year. Sometimes a little bit lower, more, sometimes a little bit less. But now we're doing a really big uh, fucking uh, deficit. So hopefully that will take us uh, as far as we, we're hoping, right? Amazing. Uh, and I think it's also, and, and the reason I asked that question, I think is because it's like maybe a little bit taboo, but I think it's it's important to also say that, you know, this is a real business, real world, there's real expenses. And, and clearly you have high ambitions and big ambitions and you want to reach far. And I think uh, it's important also to bring that up. So thank you for sharing. Um, I think... Where I want to go next, there's one question which I, and it's a very stupid question, but um, so for the, about the product, for the users who kind of go online and they order it, do they just get a bunch of stuff delivered in the post and then they put it themselves or, or do you send some good looking Danish men and women to my place and then put it together? How does it work? <laughs> the last, the last, yeah, exactly. they come in the box, they come in the box. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, it depends. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, for a long time, we we basically just delivered uh, a kitchen, and then it was up for the client themselves to uh, to install it or have somebody to help them install them or basically just click them on their own IKEA uh, system, right? Um, but uh, as as we mentioned, I mean, today we are more of a uh, one-stop kitchen brand, so we, we we take more care of the of the of, of the whole customer journey and all that services uh, that applies to that. I mean, so we can recommend mounting. We can also uh, we can even sell mounting in some cities where we are. Uh, and and I mean, so so basically, you can actually go to Reform today, and then you say, I just want a cool kitchen. Can you give it to me? And uh, you know. Uh, six to eight weeks or whatever the the, um, the delivery time is and then I don't want to do anything uh, that's also a possibility today um, 
but uh, yeah I'm, I'm um, just asking for all my rich Indian friends that's all yeah <laughs> but we would love to deliver to India no problem we, we would love to go to India yeah. yeah awesome so you guys know who you are so you know where to go okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I think and then and a follow up on that is I think there's um, you know clearly there, the industry is changing a lot right there's a lot of and, and this kind of is you know there's a lot of interesting stuff happening the design side of things the materials you mentioned earlier michael sustainability of materials mm -hmm. but also it needs to fit with the supply chain there's a lot in it right it's not just one person making a kitchen right um how much have you guys seen sort of the sort of larger design world evolve and change over the last decade when it comes to like kitchen i guess space or in general i don't care i just am interested in two guys who've been in the industry for so long to comment a little bit on you know where do you see it going are there certain trends are there certain sort of you know remixes from the old that are coming back right like what's happening high level where, where do you guys see the industry going i would say that it have uh, it haven't become any easier i mean the clients have uh, have higher demands on you know uh, low delivery times but also customization right which i think is also what you see in the industry now is that you need to have a quite complex supply chain where you can, uh, I mean, first of all, you can um, uh, make to order, right? So so most is produced uh, specific for the client because there is a, a, a big demand for customization, right? Uh, so that allows you, to, I mean, then you need to, as a brand or a, a product owner, or whatever we call it, I mean, you need to have a quite flexible supply chain where you can scale up and down on different products uh but you also need to have and you need to have fast delivery and you know so i i would say it's it's um it's becoming uh, i mean there is high demands for a, a super uh sophisticated supply chain i would say uh the industry have probably been uh especially in the kitchen industry which i'm not sure have changed that much actually but have been dominated a lot by uh, manufacturers that basically just had, uh, I mean, we have a big factory, we can make chipboard, let's sell some kitchens, right? Uh, and uh, and then they just came up with a name, right? Ho to ho or whatever it's called in, in Heka or whatever. And then they just invented some brands uh, to sell their, uh, their products or commodities food, right? Uh, I think, that is slowly maybe starting to change in the in, in, in the kitchen industry that you see that you have uh, uh, kitchen brands where it starts with a brand and a philosophy of what you want to uh, give to the client and then you figure out the supply chain and production afterwards right uh, and then you uh, uh, and then you don't own production right um, and that's also I mean the furniture industry uh, have probably been a, uh, is probably a bit more uh, forward in that sense I mean uh, compared to the kitchen industry so that is a trend that you've been seeing for the last 20 years I think you mentioned it yourself like some of these Scandinavian brands like Muto Hay all these kind of uh, of brands where it's uh, uh, where the philosophy starts with the brand and the, and the purpose of, uh, of the brand and then uh, you figure out the supply chain and manufacturing uh, afterwards right uh, where 
I mean, again, 25 years ago in, 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 in the furniture industry, it was still dominated by manufacturers that then made a sub-brand or, or did a brand because they want to sell the chair, right? So we have to name it something and it has to be sold in some store or whatever, right? So I think that's, um, uh, yeah. So, but I mean, it's demand as in all industries, it's demand who are driving the, the changes, right? Uh, and the demand is just customization. You want it fast, you want good quality, you don't want to pay a lot for it, you know? Uh, so it's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and there's uh, many movements, I would say, like there's also, I mean, as you mentioned before, sustainability, right? I think, I mean, at least we see a demand from our clients that, uh, you know, we need to treat the planet good, and that's what, what we want to do, and we want to be here to, to help that happen, right? So that, I think I can really feel, I mean, we have, we have that talk from the beginning, me and Jeppe, but I can really feel now that uh, our customers also want it, and we, it's, it's a big demand, right, from the customer. And then there is also the movement now with COVID, like being more at home, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I can feel it in my home. You uh, before you had takeaway, you ate pizza at the night. Now you have to make three meals uh, at home and to your whole family every day, right? So, so the kitchen has. Uh, let, let's see if it's it's a long term, but but uh, as for now, I think and and the next couple of years it will play a more central role. You need to be there every day or the whole day. You have to work from the kitchen also. So um, yeah, hopefully it will be more. You know, hopefully for us, more central part of. of people people's life um do you see uh sort of technology and sort of tech innovation blending into the kitchen space because uh, of course you know there's there's the, the nicer stove tops or uh, i'm sorry i don't know the fucking lingo but you know the mm. shit the, 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 the ovens and everything that's of course you know going to get better and and you guys have all the, ne- the 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 pipeline to get all that stuff done but do you see any more surprising sort of tech innovation coming in or do you see an opportunity it's, it's, for something it, like that? Because yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's always been a topic, right? I mean, yeah. it's always like, oh, then you have this uh, fridge that can tell you when you're missing them, when your milk is, uh, you know, too old, right? Uh, it, it's something that is, has been a discussion that has been going on for uh, quite a long time in, in the industry. Uh, but of course, at some point, the technology will be uh, much more adapted also in the kitchen industry than it is today. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, I wouldn't say that it's something that is uh, dominating now. I would also say there's also this trend going on where people are talking about having, you know, materials in the kitchen that are disinfecting because of COVID and all that. And I mean, I don't really, to be honest, I don't give, I mean, I don't buy into all this kind of uh, lingo and and nonsense, to, to be honest. I think, I mean, when the technology is there and it makes sense to have a fridge that tell you or can buy the groceries for you, of course it will be implemented, but it's not something that drives the industry now, not at all, not from my, from my point of view. I think what drives it today is customization and individualism or, I mean, that you want to have a kitchen that is you uh, and can uh, express you and uh, like with the rest of the furnitures, right, in your, I mean, we're still talking uh, uh, Western world or your rich uh, Indian French geeks. I mean, it's it's not. Of course, it's not. I, I don't think it's a hot topic to talk about if you want a blue or red kitchen in Africa, right? Or at least some places in Africa. Um, so, uh, um, but but I think that's what drives uh, the overall kitchen industry now. Is just that uh, 
as all the other furniture that you have in your in your home you want it to stand out you want it to be aesthetic beautiful and you know uh, yeah you guys are great at making kitchens and great at partnerships have you guys thought about other products or other easier less customizable uh, products to get into we i mean it's an ongoing discussion yeah. <laughs> for many years i mean it's uh, of course it, it, it makes sense to discuss different verticals of your business i mean especially when i mean when you're buying a kitchen it's uh, it's it's a quite big ticket item and uh, it's uh, also i mean it, it's also when you're i mean you said uh, that you are looking to build a new house or buy a new house right and so it, it it's it, it's it's often in a phase where you are moving or buying a new place or whatever and then you have some savings that you're using or you're taking a, a big loan in, in the bank right so it's also you're also willing to spend and you have a lot of other things that you uh, that you want to purchase when you when you're moving right so of course that's been a hot topic how we can go into that but i i i still think that it or i know that uh, the conclusion now is that we still want to uh, improve reform as a kitchen brand uh, and then we can always open up for these other but i still think we need to have a couple of years with uh, with, with focus on doing and just becoming the best at what we're doing basically uh, uh, the clients deserve that uh, because there's still some things that we can definitely improve in our whole customer journey and everything uh, so uh, yeah well with that being said kid i don't know if you know it, but we, we sell wardrobe and bathroom furniture right so so Usually, when you buy a kitchen, or not usually, sometimes you want a wardrobe with the same design, and of course we can uh, we can we can supply that, right? And I would also say, I mean, if if I should add to that, I mean, I, I know the, the the talk is is about reform, but Michael and I were so stupid. The talk is about you guys, a... and you just have <laughs> to be. But go on, go on. Yeah. Yeah, but but I mean, we we actually we were so stupid to actually found a, a, a sofa company. Uh, you guys are doing my job for me. That was the next question. But go on. <laughs> okay, that was the next question. Yeah, uh, and I mean, uh, and again, also, I mean, the whole idea. Oh, we just let, let's do sofas. It's not a complex, uh, you know, um, <laughs> piece of furniture, and you know, uh, it's much simpler to sell that, and you know, and then you and then you become much wiser, right? That actually. Uh, doing uh, and producing and manufacturing a software and and also product uh, uh, or developing the the products is, uh, is is super complicated and it's uh, of course it's not easy at it's not easy at all so um, yeah I mean uh, the green the the uh, the, uh, the grass is not always green on the other side right um, we learned that the hard way <laughs> yeah but at, at least it's a lesson you remember so that's good. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I think it. I think focus is an important thing. And clearly, yeah, as you said, you know the industry you're in, it, it's big enough. There's a lot of people who want good kitchens and who currently are paying too much for mm -hmm. for not the best quality, uh, and they should all come to reform and and buy from you guys. So that's 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 simple. Um, mm -hmm. And hopefully you can you know sort of keep keep growing and keep uh, doing some awesome stuff there. Um, guys, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we've covered some good topics. Uh, I will link everything that your awesome team sends me <laughs> to link below. Uh, and um, and then you know, hopefully people should check everything out that you guys are doing. As a sort of a wrapping up final, final question, uh, just because I ask, I'm trying to find new ways of ending this, right? Um, is there 
a brand outside of your brand, right? Uh, that you think is really doing some interesting stuff. Doesn't have to be in the in the kitchen industry or design industry. It can be anything. It can be a app you see. It can be a car brand. I don't care. Just something that you're like, these guys are cool. They're doing something interesting that you want to give a shout out to. Uh, Michael, why don't you go first and Yepa will finish with you. Yeah, I don't know. Don't pick, please don't pick my yeah, choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I won't because it's kind of embarrassing. Um, uh, no, yeah, on top of my mind, there is an engineering software I looked at the uh, last couple of weeks, which is cool, Malteo, that can control. So that that's the kind of thing that I I read in my spare time. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can control the building process and how you do the invoicing and all that stuff. That's super important. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, but you can take over. Uh, I mean, uh, I would definitely say uh, Truecom. Uh, oh, yeah, if you, that was a good one. It, oh, they're cool. If, if, I would love to have them on the podcast. I checked. Yeah. I'm 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 sure they would love to be uh to be a part of the show. I mean, Michael and I were so fortunate to meet the the guys and and uh, and the girl uh, when they when they just founded the company and were so lucky to uh, invest a bit of money and also being uh, you know a, a small part of the of the journey and like that's a really true um, yeah. uh, entrepreneurial journey which uh, I kind of like it's it's pretty much similar to to reform and it's just been super exciting to see it on the on the sideline actually uh, and they just have a super cool product and it's uh, uh, with such a, a big purpose uh, of you know which is crazy right that I didn't know uh, when we meet the guy that uh, you know that uh, normal chewing gum is, uh, is 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 made out of plastic basically so everybody's just going around chewing on plastic on uh, carpets. <laughs> tires. Yeah. tires from uh, the same uh, you know suppliers for uh, for building tires is the one that supplies the the chewing gum industry and these guys you know basically found a um, uh, a supplier from uh, South America that can deliver this chickle or whatever it's called yeah. which is a natural gum uh, and uh, I mean they're just amazing the whole team I mean they build uh, I mean, they actually produced where you were sitting. They started the small manufacturing out there in the, in the office building. And now they are, you know, supplying uh, whole Germany, whole Denmark and are in so many chains and uh, just selling so much uh, and built actually a super nice, cool uh, production facility in, uh, in Denmark where they are manufacturing. I mean, Super, and and I know, and I'm sure they will enjoy telling the story, and it is a fantastic story, and they will uh, they will definitely change the chewing gum industry. Uh, hopefully, as reform change the kitchen industry. Right? Awesome guys, <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah. I think I think to me, it's just I love I love talking to entrepreneurs or people who are just like, you know, just just want to try something, and yeah, it scales and it grows, and everybody has great ideas, but the journey is tough. And I think uh, to sort of coming back to both your points, right? If the journey isn't fun then you're not going to fucking yeah. go on it, right? No, There's no way yeah. you build it or no way you go after all the big brands that you guys are going after that, or, or, or create a new category or whatever it is you call it in the business school. But at the end of the day, it's about like a couple of people who get together and have energy to go after a problem and are willing to sort of just work and walk and go in that journey together. So, uh, Michael, Yepa, thank you so much, guys. You guys have thank been you, too Keith. kind with Thanks your time. For your time. Um, it's been a big pleasure. Thank you.
Yeah, talk to you in Kødbyen. Yeah, let's do it. And hopefully yeah. the next time we do this in person and and talk about yeah. your next next kitchen design launch. Uh, exactly. Hopefully after <laughs> I have one in my house, then we yeah, can, yeah, yeah, of course. Then we can talk about it. Let us know. Cool. I will reach out. Don't worry. Cool. Thank you guys. Cool. Have a good day. Bye. Ciao, ciao. You too. Bye.